when you lose a parent so suddenly, it's an emotional and a physical reaction. You get both reactions, right? So I could tap into that why so quickly. It was really the only way I could make sense of it almost. I, I'm going to use this for good. When I would go out with other people in a restaurant, I never felt badly about ordering something different because I was so connected to that why. It was like an open wound almost that I connected to so um, often. Welcome back to another episode. I am Maya Acosta with Plant-Based DFW. Before I introduce Chris Ann, I wanted to provide a summary of our conversation, which includes tips on coping with these difficult times during COVID-19. Chrisanne Polito-Moller is a certified whole plant-based nutrition coach, a certified yoga instructor, a yoga therapist, and personal trainer. Chrisanne's journey began when she lost her father to a heart attack a day before giving birth. Since then, she has dedicated her life to finding solutions to increase the health of her family and now her clients. She uses a three-pronged approach using whole food plant-based nutrition, yoga and meditation, and fitness. We talk about the importance of creating SMART goals, which are goals set in a specific way to enhance the likelihood that the task or healthy new behavior will be successfully achieved. The acronym SMART stands for S, specific, M, measurable, A, action-oriented, R, realistic, and T, time-sensitive. We also talk about creating routines and healthy behaviors during this time, as many of us are now spending most of our time inside of our homes. Hope that you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe to our channel to hear more great episodes like this one. Links to our YouTube channel, newsletter, podcast, and links for our guests are also located in the show notes. Today, my guest is Chris Ann Polito Moller, and she is the co-founder of the plant-based Green Country and Tulsa VegFest. She's a whole foods plant-based coach, a yoga therapist, a teacher, fitness trainer, and she works at Bellevue Hospital in New York. Chris Ann has been on our show before, so welcome back, Chris Ann. Thank you so much, Maya. I'm so happy to be here. So Chris Ann, you have been in New York, and you were in New York during the time where the pandemic first began. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience. What was that like for you? I was working at, at the hospital at the time. And we were to, told, okay, let's go home and we'll rethink what we're going to do after that. And I hadn't and didn't go back since then. It was like an automatic go and it just, it just progressed so quickly, like the information and, and um, people really coming down with COVID and it, it just, it was like a match, you know, and it just lit up so quickly. I believe that was probably like the 13th or the 14th of March. So we haven't seen patients in the plant clinic since then in person. We're, we're still doing virtual and video consults. It was so surreal. I mean, we've never been through something like that. We have nothing in the past that was kind of like it or who would have thought that we wouldn't go into the city, New York City, for months? Like, it was just so mind-blowing. But um, I'm so thankful that we're still able to work with our patients. And I'm allowed to, um, still able to work with private clients. And I think the world of telehealth really 
boomed and met met the demand pretty quickly. Uh, and now we're all getting used to how to do that. On a personal level, were you prepared for this pandemic food-wise? It's funny that you say that. Like, I do keep a nice stock of, like, frozen fruits and veggies just for something quick if I need it. Um, lots of uh, dry beans and canned beans. So I did have, I was pretty well stocked, but to think that I couldn't go to the store and get fresh produce like every other day because I love like seeing what's uh, around or the farmer's markets that usually would open up in New York and New Jersey around April 1st that didn't. Um, that was, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get fr fresh produce and and I guess I'm just gonna eat rice and beans. But every time I went to the store, all the good healthy food was still there. Like all the fresh produce was there. All the beans, the canned beans were gone. I don't know what everybody did with them because they probably never ate beans before, right? And all the fresh apples and oranges and, and greens. And so I, w I felt like I was like so lucky. Oh my gosh, that's so funny to hear. But good for you that you were able to kind of still provision in a way. You guys had a stay at home order like a lot of us did. Were you able to kind of go out and see the city the way that it was when everybody was sort of as, you know, staying at home or quarantine? The whole idea of keeping yourself healthy, but there's also the idea of um, being, um, keeping yourself safe for everybody else, right? That's kind of why we do vaccines. Maybe I wouldn't catch the flu or maybe I would, but uh, I would be able to recover, but there are people that wouldn't be able to. So um, it was very strict, extremely strict in New York and New Jersey. Um, we were having horrible numbers. Uh, our numbers were rising of the people who were getting ill that were uh, so horribly sick and died. and. Um, it was very strict and everybody, I would say so many of New Yorkers and New Jerseyans were very compliant. Mm -hmm. you, you really didn't see anybody venturing out at all. When I went in, back in June, I remember standing like on Park Avenue at 9 a.m. and there were no cars. It was so surreal, um, which, which was good, like again, uh, lots of people went to family and friends uh, outside the city, mm -hmm. right? Um, because a lot of people were concerned about having uh, the availability of food and just getting around the city because mass transit is a must. So a lot of people weren't even in the city and the people that were couldn't leave uh, were extremely compliant. So nobody was walking around just to walk around at that point. Uh, and it felt really surreal. And um, but each month a little co more comes back. And when the weather got really uh, nice, and we started having outdoor cafes and stuff like that, it it definitely got uh, a lot better. And everybody's very um, compliant about staying six feet away. It, it's amazing. I'm really um, I'm really proud of our metropolitan area because we get a lot of slack for uh being in the city and and the things that people don't like about the city but a lot of people really uh rise to the occasion and it's been really good to see
it's amazing what you guys did to really take control of this situation. But you know, we've heard if you're traveling from Texas to New York, now you have to quarantine because of what's going on in Texas. Um, Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. I'd like to hear your story first. And then maybe we can talk about what the pandemic has done um, in terms of forcing some people to sort of cook at home and what mental health looks like and physical exercise, because that's really important. Let's talk about uh, your story and how you became plant based. So sure. Thanks, Maya. So um, it's been 28 years when I really started my health journey. I was pregnant with my first child. And uh, my father passed away suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 52. He died on the day I was due to give birth to my first child. Although it was an extreme surprise and a devastation for us, um, it was a re repeat pa pattern in, in my extended family. Both grandfathers on both sides of my family died between 50 and 52. The men in, in our family died before 52, and the women in our family live long lives, but it's uh, crippled with disability from stroke or angina attacks, heart disease, lots of heart disease. When he passed away so suddenly, and I gave birth the next day to a boy, I thought, this is, this is totally unacceptable. This is unacceptable. I'm not going to go. It was a really difficult labor. And I thought, I didn't just do all that work for just 52 years of life. I, I, I was determined that that was not gonna, going to happen. We were not going to continue that family tradition. And that really, that really started it. And I thought at, the, at that moment that our family had a cholesterol um, level situation and I wasn't going to eat cholesterol anymore. It was the beginning of my journey. So I just stopped all meat, chicken and fish. I didn't stop dairy. But as I continued to go through this journey and raising a family, I just started to pour myself in, into anything that I could get my hands on. And the first thing that uh, I was able to get was um, Dean Ornish's uh, work, Dr. Dean Ornish, and all his work on um, decreasing and reversing heart disease. And it was all plant-based, except at that point, now this is 20 years ago, uh, he allowed uh, no-fat dairy and egg whites at that point. And that's how we started. I was very lucky that I didn't have uh, a large family at that point that I had to transition. Like my son, Max, just grew up on rice and beans and that's what he liked and it was all great. Um, my husband was very willing to do whatever I felt was, was best for our family. And he just kind of ate whatever we had at home. And then when he would go out, he would choose other things. And he kind of did that for a good 10 years and then became fully plant-based. So we're talking about 1992. I didn't know any other vegetarians, never mind uh, plant, whole food plant-based. Nobody knew what whole food plant-based was. Dr. Dean Ornish was really the only one that I knew about. And he had a book called Eat More, Way Less um, that was based around plant eating. Um, so I used that like a Bible. Um, and just by going through 
you know, my son's childhood, and then I had a, a second child, a beautiful daughter, Aubrey. It was just what we did. You know, it was just what we did. And then more products started to come out and more information. And I just kept refining it and refining it. And uh, then my mom had a stroke at the age of 65. By that time, we knew that the genes are not your destiny, right? What we eat, how we think, who we love, how we express our emotions, how we deal with stress changes the way our genes are expressed. So it doesn't have to be that way. We do not have to accept that as our life, um, our life's path. That's when we went, uh, we took out all dairy, all egg white, everything was out by then. I'm proud to say she's fully recovered. She's 80 years old. She's uh, very healthy. She walks for hours a day in yoga and Tai Chi and all that great stuff. And she follows Dr. Esselstyn's plan uh, to the T. So um, uh, she's, she's feeling great. And I'm really excited to um, have started this new tradition in our family. So you got yourself on board, your children, you raised them whole food plant-based. Your husband eventually came on board. And what convinced him? Why did it take him 10 years? He would eat whatever we had in our house. And then if he went out to eat, he would choose other things. I think, you know, for a lot of people, um, they want it to be their choice, mm -hmm. right? Nobody wants to be forced to eat a certain way. And eating is so uh, fundamental to who we are. Um, and as individuals, we should be able to control what we eat. Mm -hmm. uh, that should be our choice. He was uh, just kind of going through that journey. Then he thought, everybody looks so great. He was losing weight. He was feeling great. It, it was just... It just was a natural progression. So for anybody out there that has a spouse or children or anybody else, you just keep doing what you do. You keep loving those people, you know, making their favorites in a plant-based way, and they will jump on board when you're not looking. That's true. Thank you for that. Those words of encouragement because it's like all of us are in that, in that place where we have loved ones that are not on board. You know, Maya, I think... Also, um, we have to really connect to why we do this. It's so important. When I first started eating this way, I was so convinced in my conviction of changing that trajectory for our family that I didn't care what anybody else said. Mm -hmm. I, it, that did not sway how I felt because I was so connected to it. It was so raw. It was such a huge part of my journey. You know, when, when um, you lose a parent so suddenly, it really is an emotional and a physical um, reaction. You get both reactions, right? So I could tap into that why so quickly. And um, it was really the only way I can make sense of it almost uh, like I, I'm going to use this for good. Mm -hmm. So when I would go out with other people in a restaurant, I never felt badly about ordering something different because I was so connected to that why. So um, it was like an open 
wound almost that I connected to so um, often. So it's really important for people to find that why. I think um, my husband found it through supporting me and uh, for his health and he just felt better. He's um, a runner and he was a collegiate athlete and he's very active and he was feeling better and better. So um, you, everybody has their own personal why and it's really good to tap into and allow it to forge your journey going forward. You know, you put in the work initially because like you said, you started in 1992 when you hardly knew anyone, if you knew anyone at all that was vegetarian or vegan. So you did all the research and you got the right information right away, Dr. Ornish's work. So you knew exactly what to eat. I'm assuming that you just went and just dove deeply and kept reading and then eventually you ended up working with people. Yes. Um... I was working in the fitness industry for a long time um, and then started to, uh, I was a cycle instructor, aerobics, all that kind of stuff. And um, then I started to get into yoga and I really uh, was not excited about starting yoga, but uh, after the first class, I was just fell in love. I just fell in love with it. Um, and the mind-body connection really fascinated me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, when we're really into fitness, we're really concerned with the, how we look. Mm -hmm. And when we connect how we feel inside and how we look on the outside, it, it starts to um, bring thoughts of having uh, the control of my health in my hands, right? Um, I not only feel like I look better, I mentally, the, the um, dopamine hit you get from a workout, it, it's a real thing. Nobody ever said after a workout, oh, I wish I didn't do that, right? <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I did that, right? Right. Um, and then in, in yoga, this um, mental clarity that really infiltrates our body and really makes us feel grounded. It, it's a real thing. So mm -hmm. I really started to dig deep into yoga and how we can use yoga and meditation and mindfulness to really um, add to that trajectory of our life and add to that um, driver's seat that we can be in. We are. We don't have to be um, in a situation of ill health because of some outside forces. We can take that into our own hands and it, it feels so rewarding to be able to help others um, take that. You know, when I'm working with patients or clients and that light bulb goes on that, that they get to choose that. It's so um, exciting to see and um, once they feel that, they continue. It's it's almost like a, um, people come from it from um, either nutrition or exercise or sleep or stress management or so many different pillars of lifestyle medicine we can start our journey on. But once you start to tackle one and you get that just great feeling, you just want to devour it all it, and then you want to share it. Right. 
Exactly. And the, it's interesting how yoga goes hand in hand with clean eating. In yoga, we talk about um, really being mindful of our actions, of our words, what we do, what, what we say, what we need, right? We really tap into our inner self mm-hmm. and there's an inner knowing. So we start to move through our worlds with intention. And so that may mean we get together with old friends more because we find that that really speaks to us and really makes us feel really good. And maybe we don't um, do other things uh, in large groups that we don't have that connection with, depending upon what kind of person you are. I'm a kind of person that likes lots of people or little, just a few people, just people. Right. Um, I know you're that way too, Maya. Um, but we, we learn that. We learn that through yoga. We, we learn about ourselves and we learn about others. Um, and with clean eating or being really conscious of what we're eating, it's a mindfulness thing also, right? What I'm putting into my body uh, can really help me. So I look at food like, so what are you going to do for me today, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to help me decrease my inflammation. You're going right. to make you stronger. You're going to make me smile better. You're going to make my skin look better. Like, what can you do for me today versus what I eat is, is creating this uh, damage in my body or inflammation or sickness or illness. So it's, it's, it's like a conscious, you're making conscious choices that you're aware of. I have an old injury on my ankle. And um, sometimes when I'm, you know, headed to bed, I think to myself, what did I eat today that could help reduce that inflammation? (laughs) Exactly. But I also know walking can help. Now, what have you seen um, people doing now since a lot of people are staying at home? How are they able to get back into this practice of yoga? And how have you guided them as well? In March, it was really difficult for a lot of people. Everything was, uh, there was a feeling of, uh, an, a feeling of out of control, right? Um, we didn't know what was going to happen, how this was going to look. And after, I would say, about six weeks or so, um, after we got through about April, we started to feel like this was going to be our new normal, right? And we started to, to create new uh, schedules or new rituals. And, and uh, some people were baking bread and some people were doing all these different types of things. But that's when we really, when I started really working with patients and clients about new habits, right? Mm -hmm. What is our current situation? What is your current situation? Who's in your home? What is your work situation like? And what worked for you before may not be um, available to you now. And how can we start to look at other ways to help with stress and sleep and, and um, clean eating and all that, that those different um, lifestyle medicine pillars. So after I, I really felt like after that initial first block of time, uh, people started to get into some habits. So we started talking about how can we grab on to those healthy habits, right? And I think the most important one was to create your own schedule. Mm-hmm. When there was no schedule created, right? Some people had uh, working from home at, at certain hours and then 
Um, like for myself, I had two extra hours that I was not commuting into the city. It was, uh, I was like, wow, what, what do people do from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m.? <laughs> You're not on a train, right? <laughs> so um, I signed up with a uh, virtual uh, physical therapist because I had just had a hip replacement. And I think it was a little too much cycling in the past uh, 30 years, but, um, and I dedicated that time for that. I would wake up at seven o'clock. Um, usually I would leave by seven, but I gave myself an extra hour and I used that time specifically for that. Um, so I helped patients and, and our team at Bellevue helped patients come up with some new routines. And you could see with, by May and June, people were really grasping some new routines and, and new things to do and, and really start to enjoy the extra time they had. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing almost the opposite starting to happen, right? Some people are starting to go back and they don't want to lose that extra time. Mm-hmm. Or... They don't want to lose those healthy habits that they had time for. And how do we start to maybe chunk them out and spread them out throughout the day instead of having those chunks, those bigger chunks of time during the day. Mm -hmm. So um, having a schedule really has helped people um, setting some time aside for something that really makes your heart sing maybe it's music that you love maybe it's talking to an old friend that you haven't talked to in a long time maybe it's starting a meditation practice and and um uh, maybe it's taking a walk like you started to do maya that Mm -hmm. um a lot of us really need to be outside and it helps so much right just to get a little of that morning sun helps with our sleep cycles too and really starting to incorporate some of those um, in our day. I also found that some people experience this overwhelming feeling of, oh my gosh, I have to take every healthy habit there is out there and do it right now. Like if I don't do all these right now, I'll never do them again. And then I'll come out of this pandemic and I haven't done anything. And, you know, we're all on our own journey, right? We're all... Um, really trying our best and we usually try and start with just one right Mm -hmm. let's Mm -hmm. just start with one that you feel comfortable with some people love to cook and whole food plant-based eating is a really good thing for them to start with because they love recipes and they love different foods and all that kind of stuff for those people that like have never cooked before exercise and sleep is a great way to start so Mm -hmm. you with six pillars of lifestyle medicine, there's always one we can kind of sneak in through the back door. I will tell you that early on in the pandemic, um, before the stress hit, stay at home order for two weeks initially, and then it was extended. I was looking forward to it. I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and I got some Epsom salt and some bubble bath. <laughs> and I got all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to enjoy these two weeks. I'm going to relax because I was so exhausted. I don't know if I told you that I was so tired from all that we were doing. I remember that time. It was very, you had a lot going on at that point. Yeah. 
So I took those two weeks initially to sort of relax, enjoy um, quality time with wrist. You know, it just, I was, I was feeling good until I realized this thing is going to be around for quite a while. And then the stress kicked in after I got over the honeymoon phase of it all. And I said, okay, this is going to be the way that it's going to be for quite a while. It's like, uh, we got to move forward. And so I'm not going to sit around and watch every Netflix show that's available. And when you're stuck at home, working at home, and you have to cook and clean and all that, and you hardly step outside, that can be very difficult. I think uh, setting up rituals is a great idea. So in the morning, um, for instance, you know, I take that time to work out, then I uh, do some meditation, then I eat my meal prep breakfast, I still meal prep, because it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm just guaranteed that I'm going to eat well. Um, and then right after work, I make sure I go outside, like I know, I mean, I need to be outside. So I usually go out um for at least 15 or 20 minutes at lunch and then um i usually spend an hour or two outside after work but it's all about that routine the more that it becomes normal to us the more we're going to automatically have these healthy lifestyle habits so usually uh if you can get outside in the morning for any time before 11 a.m for 20 minutes in the sun that is a good time um, because it helps uh, your circadian rhythm in your brain and it helps uh, with sleeping patterns because that was another thing we were seeing without having those um, schedules, right? Sometimes people would stay up later and, and sleep later and then all that would change, right? So <laughs> getting outside, at least for 15 or 20 minutes in that morning sun really helps our body regulate our sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. And that helps with stress. Like sleep is such a huge, huge pillar. Um, I was really surprised when I started working at the hospital, um, like it's a crisis across the United States where people really don't get enough sleep. And we really underestimate uh, how sleep affects us. Like it changes our hormones when we don't sleep well. It changes our mood. It changes our reaction times. It changes our ability to ability to lose weight or uh, increases weight gain. And there's just so many things it affects. So um, really having a nice morning routine and a nice uh, nighttime routine, especially away from blue light uh, before we go to bed, you know, Sometimes um, our healthy habits don't have to be hard, healthy habits, right? Like putting, uh, having a face, facial type of thing right before we go to bed and something relaxing and some uh, essential oils and an Epsom salt bath and maybe some soft music as the lights are turned a little lower. Um, and that can all be before, as you're getting ready for the next day. Um, So it's creating those healthy habits that are just part of our day that helps for the next day, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At night, it helps for the next day. In the morning, it helps for the day that's coming up. And so you've been working remotely since March. Yes. 
So what does that look like? These are outpatient. So so they're just uh, regular patients. None of them are hospitalized at this point. We work primarily with people with uh, comorbidities, so heart disease, um, pre-diabetic, diabetic, diabetic uh, obesity, uh, hyperlipidemia, high cholesterol, uh, hypertension, which is high blood pressure. And we use lifestyle medicine to help them um, reduce, uh, reverse, or, or keep at bay those diseases so they can really, what we all want is to live uh, productive and healthy lives so we can do the things we want to do mm-hmm. and not let illness or sickness take our time up, right? We want to be free to be with our friends or do the work we're passionate about or help others and serve others. Uh, And when we have our help, uh, we're more free to do that. So really helping people take taking that control of their life Mm -hmm. and their health. And, you know, some of our uh, friends and neighbors uh, have other things, social determinants of health that really affect that which are um, access to fresh food, um, having a low um, income or or a low wage, um, living in densely populated areas like the city, um, having a lack of education on on healthy foods and and healthy habits. And it's it's incredible, um, like that feeling I was telling you about before, um, when somebody, is able to get this information and how we can work with them to really uh, feel like they have control of their life. And they're all so willing, so willing to um, take back their health. Going back to sort of that something that you said earlier about people kind of feeling like they have to, you know, develop all these habits or do all these things. But I will tell you, people reach out to us and they tell us they uh, lower their blood pressure, they've lost weight, their cholesterol has improved. And I'm thinking like, this is all just because of the of the pandemic. And it's incredible that just nutrition is itself just nutrition, like even if you don't exercise or work on anything else, just the nutrition aspect can have such a, a, a significant impact on improving health. So think about that, right? When we, we started the pandemic, we couldn't go out to eat. Mm-hmm. We really didn't have, we really didn't even have takeout at that point, right? We had to cook from home. Um, we had to get all our groceries at once or have it delivered in, right? Uh, we're using lots of staples. Um, and once we started to get into that habit, right, it started to get a little easier. So we were kind of forced to kind of go through that learning curve, right, at first. Um, and then... Um, starting to add a add a few things back in but a lot of people still aren't uh going out to restaurants or or uh ordering takeout still so they're continuing with that and then we got into the spring and summer with all that great you know local produce and fruits and vegetables that are that tastes so good, right? I know you get it a little longer. Your growing season is longer in Dallas. Um, but in the Northeast, uh, it's a little shorter. But as soon as that comes out and we don't have to cook as much, um, 
it makes it a little easier. But I, I do, I agree with you. I think people, some people lost a lot of weight because they didn't have those influences, right? And were able to find some recipes that they really enjoyed. So now I'm seeing a lot of programs that are available for people who are ready to, you know, um, take control of their health. And I was recently watching one where your colleague Lily Correa was on. And I tuned in because it was in Spanish. And my mother was watching from another state, but I sort of wanted to see the content so that I can kind of explain or fill in the gaps. And um, so Lily, who you work with is a registered dietitian, and she did her entire presentation in Spanish. She's bilingual. But I really liked her presentation. She talked about SMART goals, which we learn about through lifestyle medicine. And, and really, she not only explained the components of, you know, eating a healthy plant-based diet, but then she went on to kind of talk about how to set goals that are doable and realistic and then finding your why. Can you tell us about the team that you work with uh, and the lifestyle medicine component that you guys implement, like what each of you have to bring to the table to um, help your patients? I'm really lucky to work with uh, Lily Correa, who is a plant-based registered dietitian, Um, but she's so much more than that. She's uh, so well-versed in in all the pillars of lifestyle medicine, but... uh, we are lucky that we have her and that she sees uh, all of our patients. And then I help our patients with sleep and exercise and stress reduction. And then we work as a team in classes and groups and with individual patients. Um, um, We use SMART goals a lot and we break those SMART goals into uh, doable bite-sized pieces. So um, as I was, going through my board certification to be a health coach, um, what really uh, struck me was that the goal has to mean something to that person, right? So if a particular client or patient really has never exercised before, it's very intimidating. The SMART goal for that person isn't going to, to be work out for an hour or seven days a week. Mm-hmm. That's not realistic and that's overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. The SMART goal for her may be walk three times a week for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. We want those SMART goals to be doable. We want them to be achievable. And really what we're doing is starting habits, right? Mm-hmm. Because that 20 minutes always turns into 30, always, we can increase that. And what we find in coaching is that we create this momentum. So if we connect to our why and we get manageable goals that really the patient sets, mm-hmm. we, we ask the patient, what do you feel comfortable with? Where do you want to start? What pillar makes sense to you? How does it affect your life? Um, how can we integrate it in your life? Somebody commutes and they take mass transit, get off three stops before your regular stop and use that for your walking time, right? (laughs) The more likely they're going to feel good about those goals, achieve those goals and be ready to take on others. And then they're able to, to really fan out into the others. So really having 
just two or three small goals that we build on. And they're always connected to why you want to do this. I want to live a healthy life. I want to be able to see and play with my grandchildren. I want to climb a mountain. I, I don't want to be on this much medication. I want to not feel out of breath when I walk to the store. Um, there are all these different reasons, right? Um, but really connecting those small bite-sized uh, goals with our why and then building on those is really a way our whole team works, including uh, we work with four fabulous physicians, plant-based physicians that uh, we're so lucky to have, including Dr. Michelle McMacken. Mm -hmm. And we have Dr. Sapna Shah, Dr. Rebecca Boaz, and Dr. Shivam. Yoshi, um, who all really um, makes such a well-rounded group, and mm -hmm. we're all um, saying the same thing, right? That that's usually hard for patients too, and that's why there's uh, your um, patients and and clients are so happy, um, happy and lucky to have you and Riz, right? Mm -hmm. That there's a doctor mm -hmm. saying something about these healthy habits, not just you need to get your cholesterol down. You need mm -hmm. to get your blood pressure down. There's a why, there's a how. They have you to help them with all these resources. You give so many resources and different ways and, and ideas that people can really grasp onto. And, and that's what we do. And you know, uh, when I learned about the program that you're involved with, I was so excited because it's um, knowing that a physician plays a big role, but also everybody else like yourself and the dietitian. Um, it's almost like this dream come true to be able to have something like this going on. Your podcast and all the information you share is so important because uh, patients or clients are even ourselves, we can hear the message several times but it may be that one person who says it in the way that just clicks for us or just makes sense that all of a sudden that patient or client sees the possibility. Yeah. And so I, I want to mention briefly, we were both working on sort of big projects before the pandemic, both of us being very passionate and wanting to create these events for people to come and then learn from other experts. And um, so now I, I went ahead and canceled the retreat that, uh, that we had planned. It, I'm not ready to do that virtually either. <laughs> so um, so what are you working on now that um, I know that you're seeing your clients and your patients virtually, but are you working on any other projects? We have Tulsa Veg Fest in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're really still waiting to see how that's going to look uh, in the future. We did have an outdoor event and we had over 6,000 6, people attend. Mm -hmm. So um, we're, we're, really going to wait to see how the fall and winter goes and then maybe uh, do something next fall um, because really the health of, of the population is really most important and we wouldn't want to put anybody uh, in danger or, or do all that planning and have to cancel. So um, we've kind of ha have that on hold right now. Same here. Um, do you have any tips in terms of what people can do in their home in terms of yoga or just stress management? Yes. Um, I really like uh, two apps. Uh, one is called Headspace and the other one is called Calm. And they're both um, 
meditation and mindfulness apps. There are uh, free versions or paid versions. And what I like about them is that they give you different types of meditation. So one might be based in music or one might be a guided meditation where somebody speaks through the whole thing or they're all different types and, and, and even durations, five minutes, 10 minutes, three minutes. Uh, so everybody can find some place to start mm -hmm. um, and find out what works for them. Mm -hmm. So I really like uh, those two apps. Um, there's so many online programs for workouts. You can hire somebody virtually. Uh, Nike training app has a, a great training program. Again, there's a free version um, that you can pick um, whatever form of exercise you wanna do. That's really good. Um, Ohm yoga is really good also. Uh, daily yoga is really good. So there's so many different ways and um i think the most important thing to look at exercise mm -hmm. right what can it do for me today um i'm i'm going to commit to doing 20 minutes of something it could be a stretch it could be yoga it could be walking in place yeah yeah that's so great to hear is there like a new hobby or interest that you developed during this time i've been working with my hip for about eight years so when i had that surgery um, in February, it felt like I was really starting from scratch. Um, so I've been working extremely hard every day, a good hour, hour and a half every day on, I'm, I'm up to weight using weights now, but before it was just my body weight and, and range of motion. And I usually save uh, my favorite music for that time too. So I'm so excited to get up and listen to my favorite music and and I feel so good after I've like I've accomplished it. I feel like that yes. if anything else, I've accomplished <laughs> it that day. And then I love uh, a soy matcha latte. I make it with unsweetened uh, soy milk and some matcha and I'm just that's my I can't have that until I exercise. Oh, and okay. <laughs> it feels so good to have it and feel like uh, I accomplished something that day. And it just gives me energy to do all the other things. It just makes everything seem possible. Around the same time that you were having your surgery, you were also preparing for your board exam in lifestyle medicine. Yes. And um, it's actually from the National Board uh, Medical Examiners for Health and Wellness Coaching. Yes. And uh, I also did get the uh, Lifestyle Medicine Health and Coaching um, yes. certificate to, through ACLM. Congratulations on that. February was a big month. It really was. Are you going to be attending the virtual conference for ACLM? Yes. I, I, I'm so sad that we won't be in person. <laughs> That's where you and I met in the Plantrition Project you and I met at. Yeah. But um, that's really the best, right? Meaning yeah. all these like just passionate people, right? Mm -hmm. We can be in our houses and think we're the only ones and then we find a whole big room full of people like us. Um, but the yeah. speakers are just so amazing and it just like lights us up, doesn't it, Maya? Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite conferences. So now if people are interested in um, 
working with you closely, how can they get a hold of you? And what kind of work that you do you do with them? I know you do the yoga therapy and um, sleep hygiene. I do stress management. I do exercise and whole food plant-based meal prep and and, uh, recipes, ideas, just really working with people on how they can fit it into their into their life and what they feel comfortable with at first. And then we go from there. Um, Everybody deserves health. Everybody Mm -hmm. deserves wellness. And there's a way. Mm -hmm. And if if you struggle, we just haven't found which way to do it to help you. But there's so many different ways we can go about it. You know, no matter where you are on your journey, if you're starting, if you struggled, if, if you're on it and things are great, but you want to do something else, like it's possible. It definitely is possible. I have an Instagram account, which is just my name, Chris Ampolito Moeller. And I also have a website with the same Chris Ampolito Moeller. And uh, you can just DM me on Instagram or um, on my uh, webpage. I have my uh, email address, which is All right. Well, thank you, Chrisanne. It was fun catching up with you. Thank you, Maya. It was so good to see your face. You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.